Hi, I'm Paul Johnson. Thanks for listening to the podcast from Life Support. It, it's given me a heart for um, for guys that have been through a divorce, and I've got a bunch of stats that I won't I won't get into on this podcast. But if you if you look at my articles on Crosswalk.com, you'll find five or six on on men and divorce, Christian men and divorce. And it's very, it's very discouraging because what happens to a lot of guys is um, the church really, the church doesn't know what to do with them. And in a lot of cases, they get, they feel abandoned. You're listening to author Chris Bollinger, who writes and ministers specifically for men. A former tech product manager, Chris has a men's devotional that has sold close to 300,000 copies. Welcome to Life Support. Everything you do from then on is different. One of the detectives, I think his name was He was Derek. a golden boy. All we can do right now is come Extreme together. Extreme domestic violence, multiple rapes. Hey, it's great to have you on Life Support. What we do on this podcast is we tell stories, we talk about some difficult topics as well, and how Jesus always shows up during the hard times in life. And so we're always excited to glorify Christ here, and we're excited to have really interesting guests. And we have one of those with us today. Chris Bollinger is my guest. He is a, an author of Men's Devotionals. He's going to tell you about that and how he is uh, taking time now to encourage men who need to be encouraged for sure in our culture. Chris, thanks a lot for being with us. Oh, thank you for having me. So you made a transition from the business world into the devotional writing world. Now, you wouldn't no- normally put those together. How did God take you from one part to another? Well, God always uses our our talents or gifts that he's given us in whatever way he wants to. So... Um, for most of my tech career, I was a product manager. I started off as a software engineer, and frankly, I really couldn't cut it. I mean, I was okay, but um, I used to room with a couple of guys that were also software engineers, and they could just they could write code, you know, much better than I could. So I went back, got my MBA, and I ended up getting into a position called product management. And it's a neat position because what you do is you you know, and and not just what the customer wants, but what the customer really needs. Now I was selling, you know, I was involved in being a product manager for software solutions for companies. So not all of this is transferable to writing a devotional. But what I discovered was that the better you get to know the people you're trying to reach, the more effectively you can reach them. You know, if my company had the right software for a particular prospective customer, then my job was fairly easy. I just had to help them understand how our software would meet their requirements. If we didn't have the right solution, then I would have to go back to the development team and say, hey, we've got all these people out here that have this need. Maybe we can fill this need. If if you guys just did a little something differently, we, we would have a solution for these folks' need. The reason I mention all of this is that when... I thought about writing a men's devotional. I part of it was for me. I figured there were guys like me out there, but I also just 
looked at what was available to guys. And what I found was that very few of the men's, there's, like you said, there's very few men's devotionals out there, but of the ones that I saw, most of them were not terribly encouraging. And so I figured th there's got to be an audience of men out there who, yes, they want to be challenged. Yes, they want to get deeper into their Bible, but they also would some stories about men that would lift them up and encourage them to keep with it. You know, God's got your back just like God had the back of this particular man and and you can do this. So that's that's how I kind of took the experience and gifting that God had given me in terms of discovering people's needs and tried to fill those needs with what I was writing. That's really good. Men a lot of times suffer in silence and so uh, reaching out to them is really, really important. Now, I know one of the things you do in order to write is you are always scouring the world for stories, right? You're, yep. you're hopping around on websites. I love that you mentioned ESPN.com because um, I probably actually keep ESPN in business. So, um, well done. Um, give, your give your bracket done. Um, well, I only have one team that I care about, and the Arizona Wildcats are going to win it all, so I just didn't bother with the bracket this year. Um, but um, tell, what about a couple of stories? We like to tell stories here. Um, what are a couple that you ran across that you thought, wow, this is really encouraging and really, is really, could really help some guys? Well, speaking of ESPN.com, so I was um, – I think I was writing on Patience. Um, because the the book that I wrote most recently, Fifty Two Weeks of Strength, had the topics pretty well in mind, and then I went looking for Bible passages that supported the topics and were encouraging, and then I went looking for stories. So, um, you know, in the sports world, everybody knows the Kurt Warner story. Most people know the Kurt Warner story, and there was a big movie. I think it was last year um, about Kurt Warner, and so I started with that. You know, how about you know, Warner really, nobody gave him the time of day when he was in college. He was a good quarterback, but I think he sat the bench for three years. He might've even transferred colleges. And then in his senior year, finally got a chance to start was all world, but it was a fairly, I think it was a division one school, but it wasn't a, a big conference school. So nobody looked at him. I think he tried out with the Packers, you know, didn't make the team. And so he's stocking grocery shelves and everybody knows the story. You know, eventually the Rams pick him up and he, you know, wins the Super Bowl and MVP and all that. It's a great story. Yeah. But I was on ESPN.com and I read this story about a guy that had been in the minor leagues for, I think it was 16 or 18 years. And at the time they wrote the story, he still hadn't made it to the majors. And it was such a great story because, you know, why do you keep doing this? I mean, minor leaguers do not make much money. I mean, AAA, they they may make enough to pay the bills. Um, and this guy has been AAA. And so um, after the ESPN story ran, he he got his chance in the majors. You know, so it's, oh, it's a Kurt Warner story. You know, it gets, finally gets his chance. He had 12 at-bats, and then they sent him back down and never made it back. You know, and he got one hit mm -hmm. um, kind of reminded me of the field of dream story with the moonlight Graham where, you know, he never, he never got a chance at the, yeah, right. know, yeah. made the majors never. Yeah. And so well, what does that have to do with patience? Well, what I found was um, sometimes these stories make me cry. 
Um, the real story here was the fact that this guy found joy in going to the ball field every day. You know, he, he was playing, he was playing a game as an adult. He was getting paid a little bit of money for it, but he just, the joy was in the journey for this guy. And so I, I basically, I, I started with the Warner story and then I shifted to this guy's story. And then I, I, I finished it off with, uh, you know, most of us are never going to make the majors. We're going to toil away. We're going to toil away in the back of the stage. If we ever make the stage, sorry, I'm getting kind of choked up, but you know, God honors our work wherever we are. And it's not about making the majors. It's about making a difference wherever you are. So that's, that's one example of a story that really meant a lot to me. And I, and I'm hoping that, you know, when people urge them to, to keep plugging away because God understands and God loves the fact that you're, you're doing good work for him wherever you are. More with Pastor Paul and Chris Bollinger on life support in a moment. This is Steve Johnson from Five Stone Media letting you know that life support resources are for men and women who may be struggling with mental health, loss, grief, or addiction. And they are free of charge to start the conversation and eliminate the stigma. LifeSupportResources.org is the website. That's LifeSupportResources.org. And now back to Pastor Paul and Chris Bollinger. And so I, I basically, I, I started with the Warner story, and then I shifted to this guy's story, and then I, I, I finished it off with, uh, you know, most of us are never going to make the majors. We're going to toil away. We're going to toil away in the back of the stage if we ever make the stage. Sorry, I'm getting kind of choked up. But, you know, God honors our work wherever we are. And it's not about making the majors. It's about making a difference wherever you are. So that's that's one example of a story that really meant a lot to me. And, I, and I'm hoping that, you know, when people urge them to, to keep plugging away because God understands and God loves the fact that you're you're doing good work for him wherever you are. Yeah, I'm I'm thankful for that. Um in in meeting a lot of pastors, uh we live in a celebrity culture even within the uh Christian evangelical world. Um there it's really not that much different than the the culture itself. We measure people, we measure ourselves by standards of success that I don't think God ever intended. And there are pastors uh, sitting at home thinking, I've I've failed. I must not be that good at my job, or I would be pastoring a larger church. I would be um, writing books. I would be speaking at conferences. But I love that message of, you know, that's really not true. That's a lie. Um because God has placed each person, no matter what, you know, if you're in the church, outside the church, you know, working in, a, in, a, in what I would call a real job, um, you're doing something that's important and God has put you there. And I love that encouragement because it is hard to disengage from cultural views of success. And I think guys especially have a really hard time doing that. Because the first question they always get asked is, what do you do for a living? 
right? And so um, they get they get asked that question, and then they're thinking through, well, how do I tell somebody that I'm this? Or how do I really make this sound a little better than what I really do? Because they're back, they're already on defense. They're already knowing that they're going to be judged for that. So thank you for telling those stories. It's really important for them to hear. And I love that minor league story, by the way. And there's there's a lot of guys that are like that, that just toil away. And they might come up, maybe get some spring training. They might get a, a shot in September if the GM is a nice guy. And that's it. And then they go back and they do their thing. And, you know, somehow they've come to grips with the fact that they may never make it, but they're okay. They're okay with themselves. And so that that's a great that's a great story. Friend of mine, um, his son um had a meteoric rise in the minors. I mean, he he started off in low single A and a year later ended up getting a starting pitching job with the Padres a couple of years ago. Um and you know, went about half a season with the Padres, um, and then ended up getting traded to the Mariners. Um, and then had arm surgery last year. Um, and, uh, it's the, not the pinch nerve, but it's the, it, it took him out for the whole season. Came back this spring, had cut him. And my friend sent me a message, um, cause I had posted, uh, a devotion or something online and, um, just said it was an absolute punch in the gut. I mean, you know, this kid did make the majors, you know, kind of unexpectedly. And now he's, he's cut and doesn't know what he's going to do. And, you know, he's, he's probably 25. I mean, you know, we can say, well, he'll be okay, but yeah, you, you just, you never know. And so you start to say, well, you know, God, why did this happen? And where do you really want me? Um, and yeah, pastors, I mean, Barna just had another version of their survey that came out and it's, it's, it's pretty grim. I mean, you know, a lot of 41% of pastors, I think want out of the profession. If I read the numbers, right. Um, yeah, it's tough. And, and just, uh, just to encourage pastors, um, I don't know if you all know this, but you know, the what the main reason why megachurch pastors books why they have so many books and why they do so well is because it's it's a reduction of risk for the publisher i mean they've got a built-in audience mm -hmm. and so the publisher figures well worst case you know if every member of the congregation buys a book then we'll we'll cover our we'll cover our expenses so i mean some of them are very good don't get me wrong i yeah, mean sure. uh, i think kyle Eidelman's books are fantastic mm that it's just an in, kind of an industry insider thing that, you know, if you're a small church pastor, good luck getting a publishing contract. Cause they, you know, they're just, yeah, they're, they're going to go with the big guys. That's right. And, and that's understandable. Um, you mentioned the last time we were together that you had gone through a divorce and in, in kind of this process of, of changing careers and, and writing and so forth. How has that pain enabled you to write with empathy and, um, has it opened up doors for you as you write? It really has. I mean, I, I don't, it's more apparent in my articles than in my books. Uh, I'm, I write books for everybody. And so um, I do have a 
a devotion on divorce and one on marriage in my second book. Um, but definitely it, it colors everything that I do. It, it colors everything that I write um, because it had such a profound impact on me. Before I got divorced, I didn't really hang out with divorced people. I mean, you know, I was doing the church thing um, where, you know, you go to a couple small group with other couples and, you know, they each have 2.5 kids like you do. And, you know, it's just kind of the way churches are structured. Yep. And then ironically, I went through a divorce just a couple of months after another guy This was really bloody. Um, so I found myself encouraging him because mine... <laughs> In comparison, mine wasn't so bad, um, even though it was terrible. And yeah, it, it's it, it kind of opened my eyes to you know it's like I came out of a cave and it's like hey look at all these divorce guys out here I never saw them before. So it, it's given me a heart for um, for guys that have been through a divorce and I've got a bunch of stats that I won't I won't get into on this podcast. But if you if you look at my articles on crosswalk.com, you'll find five or six on, on men and divorce, Christian men and divorce. And it's very, it's very discouraging because what happens to a lot of guys is um, the church really, the church doesn't know what to do with them. And in a lot of cases they get, they feel abandoned. So they leave that particular church. And then by my analysis about 25 or 30% of them, including longtime committed Christians, they just walk away from the faith. They're, they're so wounded, um, not just because of the divorce, but because of the way they were treated that they just, they never come back. And it, it, it's a loss that we can't take as a Christian body. So yeah. And, and I, and because I've written these articles, I have been contacted by, I've lost track, but probably and and they're obviously still very very wounded yeah um so well, yeah it's, it's given me a that. heart it's given me a heart for those guys and for other guys too just because the more i talk to guys which i really didn't do a lot in the first 45 years of my life but the more i talk to guys the more i find out that guys are dealing with a lot and not not seeing not feeling like they're getting a lot of support from other guys and other people in general yeah, well, it's really true. And um, Chris, the books that you've written, we've been making reference to them, but we haven't named them. Um, we don't really know that much about them, and we don't know where to access them. So tell me about the books you've written. Okay, Daily Strength for Men is the first one. It's, um, as the name implies, it's uh, it's a daily devotional study. I cheated a little bit and, and I have a devotion for every two days. Um, the first day is my thoughts. And then the second day is Bible passages, questions, prayer, um, other things. So it gives guys a couple of days to really kind of ingest and apply what I'm sharing. Um, but it's got the typical devotional format, which is to say it's kind of like a box of chocolates. <laughs> um, you know, you never know what you're going to get. I, I go through the Old Testament. And it's all Old Testament verses, which I think is unique, but I go through it in, in book order. And I do have at least one verse from every Old Testament book, including, um, but that one's available really pretty much anywhere you go. I mean, it's, it's on the inspirational reading rack in your local supermarket and, and CVS or Walgreens. And 
um, airports and, and all over the place. And obviously Christian bookstores and Amazon and christianbook.com and all the usual places. The second book is a, a more structured book. It's called 52 Weeks of Strength for Men. Um, it is topic-based. There's four sets of 13 topics. Um, the nature of God, God in the day-to-day, big topics and tough topics where I get into fun topics like death and divorce and pride and wealth. Um, again, just a challenge and encourage guys to think about these topics. That one is available mostly online. You'll find it um, in some Christian bookstores, but easier to find it on uh, Amazon, christianbook.com, Barnes and Noble, the uh, online outlets. And you also have a website too, to learn more about you and access the books, right? Right. 52, uh, I'm sorry, (laughs) Um, mensdevotionals.com. I do have a 52 weeks of strength uh, website coming up soon because I'm launching an online study guide, a free online study guide for my second book, but that's not up yet. So (laughs) please don't go there. It's it's, uh, not even beta test. Age under construction. Yes. Official site. Okay. What's next then? What do you have um, coming up? What are you thinking about doing next? I'm working with men's ministries and um, really trying to help them. So I'm writing articles for Crosswalk and um, some upcoming articles are really going to focus on um, the, uh, the target as pastors and the topics are how to get a men's ministry going, how to strengthen your men's ministry, how to have that big event and then not lose all the guys after the big event. Uh, and I'm also dealing with some um, topics in the sexual addiction area. Um, you know, how to help your guys overcome porn. Um, why, how, how trauma impacts guys and leads to addictions and, you know, among the men in your church and elsewhere. So that that's my near term focus is, um, really working with men's ministries and trying to help them um, reach more guys, help pastors reach more of the guys in their, in their churches. I'd love to write another devotional. Um, Probably we'll do so next year, but I'm trying to figure out what topic or what format I should pursue to, uh, and I'm trying to listen to God. God's really telling me to wait right now on that. So I'm trying to be obedient to that. Well, if worse comes to worse, uh, I mean, if you really run out of ideas, you can talk about how to get through being a a sports fan in Ohio, how to um, emotionally cope with some of the things that sports fans there have been through, your, your old stopping grounds. So, yeah, the uh, the last two World Series that the Indians were in were uh, were really tough, and I, I I tell the story in um, I think it's my first devotional about how um, when the Cavs played the Warriors in the seventh game of the year that they won, I I I could not watch the game. I actually um, I hid in my bedroom closet because my wife and kids had it on various TVs. And then um, when the game was tied late in the game, I took the dogs for a long walk. Uh, Actually, I walked them twice. And then I I only watched the game um, when they had won. And I I could watch the recording because I've been (laughs) I've been hurt so badly. I've been traumatized by the Indians (laughs) losing and 
game seven against the Cubs and against the Marlins. And it's just been, it's been horrible. Well, you got through it though. And and I'm thankful you did because you're doing really good work, Chris. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. You know, as we talk, it's interesting. We've been talking about how men are, are isolated and how sometimes um, uh, it's difficult to talk about what's really on our hearts and minds. And the Bible's very clear that you can come and you can talk about things that are important um, to God always. God is always waiting to hear because he already knows. In Hebrews 4, 16, the author writes this, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And so, uh, whatever your station in life, man, woman, uh, married, unmarried, wh- wherever you are, God is waiting for you to come to him. He wants to have relationship with you. He created you. He knows the innermost parts of your heart. And he is always there to hear exactly how you're feeling. So don't be afraid to go there, um, get on your knees, and just pour your heart out to him. And he'll, he'll meet you where you are. There's no doubt about that. Uh, We're thankful that you've listened to Life Support. I want to thank our partners that help us so much. Uh, Faith Radio, who gives us this platform. You can access that at myfaithradio.com. You can also see a video version of this podcast at fivestonemedia.com. And uh, check us out at Ridgewood Church when you get a chance at myrwc.org. And thank you so much for listening to Life Support. Life Support is a co-production of Five Stone Media and Ridgewood Church in Minnetonka, Minnesota. Thanks for listening to this Life Support podcast. These conversations are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. To avoid missing future editions of Life Support, subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and grow the impact of Life Support.